Marks podcast, Bread in the Wilderness. I'm Holly. I'm Tyler. And today we're sitting down to read through, pray through the lections appointed for the Sunday closest to September 21st, proper 20 year A. That's 17th Sunday after Pentecost. <laughs> but who's counting? But who's counting? That's right. Uh, and we'll be going through these readings uh, in the style of Lexio Divina, pulling out lines and images uh, that catch our attention, that show us something of uh, the abundant life that God is giving to us and that we are called to invite others into as well. So we'll start with our collect for Holy Scripture and then the collect pointed for proper 20. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Grant us, Lord, not to be anxious about earthly things, but to love things heavenly, and even now, while we are placed among things that are passing away, to hold fast to those that shall endure. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So yeah, there's those contrasts between um, heavenly things and earthly things. Things that pass away and things that endure. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, the colic basically kind of diagnoses the human condition. When you try to find security in things that um, come and go, um, it, it doesn't work so well and it makes you at the very least anxious. Um, if you're René Girard, uh, you say it makes you murderous. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the, the whole uh -huh. thing, is we're trying to find lasting security, sort of any way we can do it. case of what happens to God's only son that's literally why you know it's the motivation for so much violence actually when you get right down to it it's like trying to find permanence and lastingness um, mm -hmm. by any means possible in that which comes and goes so and to put to death their anxiety. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like pretty major themes here that I always find that holding fast to those that shall endure. Mm -hmm. 
it's a, it's a very peculiar way that you get to being held fast by the enduring faithfulness of God is how I would put it. <laughs> you know what I sure. mean? Can you reverse that? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, like most of most of what we do is try to grab onto stuff and there's this kind of anxious, fearful grasping and clinging that is kind of the root of the whole problem. And so holding fast is actually more like a a letting go and letting be that reveals the always already heldness, mm-hmm. held fastness of the loving faithfulness of God that doesn't come and doesn't go. Mm-hmm. And also allows us to love the things that do come and go mm-hmm. in a in a different way, not expecting them to uh, hold us fast, but right. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing this line, while we are placed among things that are passing away, in the sense of uh, being in a particular place and geography and context, uh, human creation, all, everything among which we are placed. Uh, I don't know. You could hear this as uh, sort of writing off the contextual or contingent. no, it's just being in right relationship with that yep. which is passing away. Mm-hmm. Um, which is and loving earthly things too. Uh huh. Yeah, it's not some kind of world denying thing, uh, and it, it's not even saying that it's a bad thing to be um, anxious, because I actually like you know. Anxiety is something that passes away too. Mm-hmm. It comes and it goes. Um, so, just don't. You know what? What happens when you get anxious is you're like, "Oh, I'm an anxious person. This is an intractable problem. Whatever's going to happen," and it just goes around and around and around forever, right? Yeah. It solidifies into this permanence. Permanent thing. You know, so nothing actually wrong with being a little anxious. Like, if you're not anxious about the fact that, you know, there's been a, a really warm summer, hottest one on record, and very strange uh, climate disasters all over the country in the last three, I mean, if you're not anxious, you're not paying attention. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but living from that anxiety is not helpful for, for what's needed when we're placed among Mm-hmm. Things that require our attention, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing Jonah. Yeah, I mean the Exodus reading is pretty amazing too, but. They kind of get at the same thing, actually. Hmm. Provision and complaint. Okay. Well, let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah. The book of Jonah. When God saw what the people of Nineveh did, how they turned from their evil ways, 
God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them. He did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, Yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, You are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city? in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also many animals. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's so delightful. It is, yeah. I think Jonah might be in the genre of the picture book. Uh, it's very vivid. Oh. And, uh, and with the refrains coming back. Uh huh. Yeah. It's begging to be illustrated. Is it right for you to be angry? Hmm. So there's this sort of constant, this background of constant provision. 20,000 persons are saved, many animals. For a while, he enjoys the shade of the tree. And yet all he can, uh, kind of locked in on is how he thinks things should be, right? Mm-hmm. Is it right for you to be? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, angry enough to die. Yeah. Which is like kind of hilarious. Mm. It is. I mean, his his complaint about why he's so angry that God is not punishing and destroying the entire city of Nineveh, which has repented. His complaint is, I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, ready to relent from punishing. <laughs> and God's sort of like, yes, <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's maybe not as good a retort as he thinks it is. I suppose he thinks that he's gone through all this stuff and he didn't have to if this was going to be the end game all along. No? I'm not sure he's that sophisticated. Maybe. 
So he's sort of, in, in that reading, he's totally writing off uh, the part that he's played as a prophet mm-hmm. preaching repentance. Yeah. He's saying, why did you even send me here to do that if you weren't going to, if you were just going to forgive them? Right, which can go back to the place among yeah. earthly things is that there's, there's actually... A need something actually sacramental for the individual person mm-hmm. in context giving voice to God um, that it requires our sort of cooperation in order for God's steadfast love to be known mm-hmm. you know this kind of thing um, I think that might be something that's at play a little mm-hmm. bit but also just this like, yeah, just like sparks flying clash between uh, the way things are and the way Jonah needs them to be, right? which is mm-hmm. the source literally of like of all of our suffering. To say that in a definitive, and uh-huh. <laughs> absolute way, but that's true. Fight reality and lose every time. It's kind of one of those things, yeah. Like resistance is futile. Um, as they always say in the alien movies. Right. Um, so, like, recognizing that place of uh, constant complaint and, like, being angry at the bush, being angry at the fill-in-the-blank, hmm. irritation, mild annoyance, or even just kind of like a thin scrim of uh, background irritation that colors all of our days, hmm. like a, uh, you know, set of tinted glasses, you know? Yeah. Um, being able to like recognize that um, and see how it colors um, all of our interactions is like super important. And in the seeing of that is is actually the beginning of it. It's coming undone. We get to mm-hmm. live from a different place, but. Again, like, don't keep this arm's length. Like, oh, Jonah's an idiot, you know, yelling at a bush. And it's like, well, we spend, like, 90% of our days mm-hmm. as human beings yelling at bushes. Mm-hmm. And find manufacturing fear, scarcity, and lack where there is constant provision. And, like, that's the other thing with Jonah. Like, all the way through, right? He's, like, provided for... Yeah drawn out of the belly of the whale, all this, you know, it's like the Christ figure resurrection. And, yep. and yet, there's this sort of hand on hip, you know, not, not quite how I imagined it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's the space where Jonah might appreciate having by grace been worked into God's salvation of this whole city of Nineveh, and it's 120,000 persons and many animals. You know, like, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. There could be 
some mm-hmm. some wonder, uh, right. some awe about having right. uh, been in a small way a part of that. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was toast, and they threw me overboard, and holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, like, there's, there's this other thing that he does, like, which we all do too, is like we seek after those creature comforts, right? Like, so mm. he gets a little shade and then, you know, and, you know, gets a little reprieve from the, the sultry wind and the withering heat. And mm-hmm. um, when that goes away, you know, it's just it's this, this very tiny little teaching on, well, yeah, like that's what happens to trees. Yep. <laughs> Trees aren't God, like so. They came into being in a night and perished in a night. Right, and so. Rising and falling. Yeah. So, just this sort of always flickering back and forth between where we place our trust. And <laughs> if our happiness is, you know, dependent on the tree not having worms, then, you know, mm-hmm. good luck. Psalm 145, uh, verses 1 through 8. I will exalt you, O God, my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day will I bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. There is no end to his greatness. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your power. I will ponder the glorious splendor of your majesty and all your marvelous works. They shall speak of the might of your wondrous acts, and I will tell of your greatness. They shall publish the remembrance of your great goodness. They shall sing of your righteous deeds. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great kindness. Some kind of a counterpoint to the mm-hmm. litany of complaint, mm-hmm. hymn of and, and a parallel to Jonah's, uh, at least in words, praise of God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> in a spirit of actual uh, wonder and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Marvelous works. Yeah. Glorious splendor. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great kindness. It's nicely parallel to the Jonah story, just with the, the Exodus reading is they're literally being fed in the desert with manna, mm-hmm. quail. If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you've brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Mm. It's the same kind of same kind of thing. Just Complaint re- and missing the miracle of what's being given. Mm-hmm. And just recognizing what song's being sung, I think, mm-hmm. in us. The song of provision, 
abundance, mm -hmm. uh, curiosity, awe, wonder, or the other one that we all know <laughs> pretty <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Yeah, not good enough. And I'm all for people complaining, to be honest. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying if that becomes like the, the default or the lens through which we see everything, then it becomes a very scary, lonely, isolated place. Sure. Yeah, but to complain and be in the complaining all the way and let it come undone, then kind of automatically, unthinkingly, constantly complain and it never gets undone. That's, and that's what, so yeah, complaint to God in prayer yeah. comes undone. Like whenever there's complaint in, in scripture, um, it's voiced full-throatedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of in the speaking of it uh, is already kind of answered or, or comes undone. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in all the songs too, right? Like, yes. That's what happens. So, so I'm not saying don't complain, but like, I think most of the time when we complain, we're not even taking it. It's not complaint in the context of relationship with sure. God of love. It's, it's not just, plaintive. No. <laughs> right. No, yeah. it's, it's not like, oh God, why? This blah, blah, blah. It's just, rah, 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 rah. We're talking to ourselves, essentially. Yeah. Like, quite literally, talking mm -hmm. to ourselves. You don't actually have to change what you're saying. Just say it to God. Invite somebody else into the <laughs> yeah. mix, you know? <laughs> And see if that doesn't change the nature yeah. of it. Yeah. Philippians? Mm-hmm. Okay. To me, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation, and this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this struggle that he talks about, I think in one way it's like the same as um, uh, what the college is pointing to. Yeah. Uh, 
Paul knows in his own experience. what it means to be held fast uh, to the enduring faithfulness of God. Right? Mm -hmm. He knows that nothing can separate him from the love of God. Uh, he knows that uh, whether he lives or whether he dies, he is the Lord's beside all that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, there's kind of like a Temptation, if you're sort of like Peter on the Mount Tabor, like mm -hmm. it's good for us to be here. Like, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. stay here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yet he, and he's kind of honest about that. Like, yeah, I think I, that, that does seem kind of preferable to like being whipped and chained and imprisoned and shipwrecked and chased out of town, putting up with, you know. Corinthians and Colossians. Yeah, and like, <laughs> my goodness, you know. Uh, you just like sort of no end of like not getting it. Um, but so then there's this like very interesting, you know, but for you I remain, right? Mm -hmm. It's necessary. Um, and um, Philippians 2, 5 to 11, right? It's just mm -hmm. a little bit, like, just a little few verses later uh, where it's talking about the, the canonic hymn is like the, the imitation of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the self-emptiment of Christ becomes the pattern by which we pattern yeah. our loves, our, our lives and our loves, I guess. Um, and, but yeah. you see it here, like he's, like, yeah. it, because it's for us, it's for you, like, that he is staying and, and ministering in the same way that God gives God's only Son for us to mm -hmm. free us from our captivity, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Paul's self-offering to care for and love all the contingent mm -hmm. things, including human beings, Yeah, right? Um, and then he tells them to, and then you'll do the same, right? Mm -hmm. like you should, so it's the privilege. You have this this yeah. privilege to to go through this, you know, with me, so that others might mm -hmm. also know the same salvation that I know, that you know. And he frames this as sharing in the suffering of Christ. Yeah. Uh, Self-offering for all of us. Who though he enjoyed equality with God and did mm -hmm. not regard that as something to be grasped or exploited but took the form of a servant, right? So mm -hmm. it's the same, it's mm -hmm. the canonic pattern. A lot, of, a lot of people like, well just, the only thing they remember about Philippians is that those six verses, right? And yeah, they're like amazing. Um, but actually the whole rhetoric of the, the letter is constantly showing us that pattern of Canonic self emptying. Right? <laughs> <clears throat> Paul's very consistent. He is. And there's this like wonderful freedom that he has in that too. Mm -hmm. You know, like rejoice with those who are rejoicing, weep with those who weep. Mm -hmm. You know, so. He's not really stuck anywhere, right? Because he knows, like, 
the freedom of Christ. That, yeah. And so he can just adapt and respond yeah. to circumstances as they are, just with his whole self. Just, okay, mm-hmm. so we're weeping now? Okay, let's weep. Mm-hmm. And be totally in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could be totally in complaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that echo back to the Job and to this recognition of the graciousness. Mm-hmm. You good? I like this line, standing firm in one spirit. Mm. Striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel. Mm. Um, yeah, Paul's consistency and freedom is, he's always hitting the same themes, um, but differently every time. Yeah. I don't know that one. Whether I come to see you or I'm absent, so it's just that same. Mm. standing firm so it goes back to the collect again like whether I'm here whether I'm there, not here it's directing them to root their faith yes in in God uh-huh. and the things that don't come and go knowing yeah. that he himself comes and goes right and we're so- baptized into Paul or Apollos No, for real. Yeah. Gospel? Yeah. Okay. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you've made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? (laughs) 
So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. <laughs> it's very much in the same key as Jonah. But yeah, so tempting, right, to I mean, what's the root of the the complaint against the, the landowner? Right? I think that's the question. Hmm. Yeah, it's envy. Uh, envy of sense of competition against the other workers. Mm -hmm. And like a, I should, I worked more, and so I'm better than them. And how dare you give yeah. them the same? Yeah. yeah. So they and they're envious that they got the same amount mm -hmm. for less work. Mm -hmm. um, so a competitive uh, envy and also uh, trust in our own. Efforts at accumulating mm -hmm. merit. Mm -hmm. I think this is very like the parable of the prodigal son, where most of us hear it maybe for years, thinking that we are the older brother who's done everything right. Uh, <laughs> I think usually we read this and assume, well, I was the good worker who was there all day, laboring the heat of the day. Uh, I think there's there's the motion to understand ourselves as as the prodigal who's been welcomed back gratuitously. And mm -hmm. uh, we're all laborers who came very late in the day. Late to the party. Yes. Right? Yeah. And have been so graciously received. Yeah, and the, and the sort of like... If you go to the, um, sorry, I, I claim mm. to not have brain fog from my latest COVID bout, but I kind of do a little bit. The, uh, the, the one in whom the fullness of God is pleased as well, Christ Jesus, like that, that expression, mm -hmm. the fullness of mm -hmm. God, the pleroma. Mm -hmm. So, um, Colossians, I think. Yeah. It's the icon, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's the very image of God. Yeah, icon so, of the Father. Yes, okay. So, and it's this this full measure pressed down, poured down, poured into our laps. The fullness, the yes. pleroma of God. Um, to each person in each circumstance, um, regardless of how it appears to our calculating, measuring, right. us, them, competitive mind, mm -hmm. right? That sees only fear, scarcity, lack, and where am I on the scale of comparison with the other person, right? And so, 
it's this, it's this, we tend to think that God's love is sort of meted out, uh, vending mm -hmm. machine style, according to how many coins we place yes. in, uh, rather than, it's like the full deal every time. Every time. The whole. Yeah. Can't be chopped up. The fullness of God, like each yeah. time, boom, boom. Yeah. It's like each one is one, right? Uh-huh. Um, like the whole enchilada. Yeah. Like every time. It's not in God's nature to be stingy. Like God is incapable of stinginess <laughs> yeah. or kind of of measurement. I think so, yeah. yeah. Right? That's why you get all those ridiculous things. Like it's like oil is on the beard and it's going all over the road. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah. crosses every boundary, like the mustard seeds. Like it's there's just all these metaphors that are uh, mitigate against measurement and mm -hmm. containment, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the ability to sort of um, uh, encompass it, right? Yeah. yeah, and be able to then handle it and exchange it and instrumentalize. Yes, which is the way we run most of our life. So everything. Everything that way. Right, like that's that's why it's so shocking that this is in the the, the parable takes the framework of a day's wages for labor. Like that is our like that's the framework for exchange. Money. Uh, yeah. Payment. Uh huh. Yeah. You work this much, you get this much. You work more, you get more. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. That's not. <laughs> Everyone uh, gets the whole thing. Yeah. Um, the same way uh, in Eucharist, uh, right? Christ is fully present in whatever size of wafer or piece of bread. Um, yeah, like when you run out, sometimes you break a tiny wafer into three pieces and you give people these little uh -huh. little shards, right? Is and that one-third Jesus? Right. No, <laughs> it's the whole deal. And that's the beauty of the yeah. crumbs under the table. Yeah. Like... The, this is not, yeah. So like those those ways in which, like that crumb fills the entire universe, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it doesn't have any edges. Like mm. so. Yeah. Call it the crumb, I guess, if you yeah. want, but I probably don't need to go into Robert Capon, but he makes hay of this. Course. You know, because this yeah. his whole gig is that we always want to win mm -hmm. and be good and earn and improve and succeed and do better than other people. And the very last thing we can do is lose and accept mm -hmm. free grace because that's like the death of our ego self that only knows how to measure. Measure. Um, and like for Capon, that's like the entire spiritual journey, I think, mm -hmm. um, is learning how to lose beautifully mm -hmm. um, so that uh, I, this sermon I didn't get to preach last week, but mm -hmm. there's a quote in there where he talks, he, Jesus is he, he's looking for a death he can use rather than a life that he finds unworkable, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which is us in our winning ways mm -hmm. with ourselves at the center, you know, 
a death where we forget ourselves and let him do his work in and through us. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, he yeah. can use that. And that's what Paul means when he says dying is gain. It is. Right? That's, that's where Capon, Capon gets it all is. this. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. The parables of Jesus and Capon. Paul's insistence that it's God's faithfulness, not ours, very that wins Lutheran, the day. Very Lutheran who's very Pauline. Mm-hmm. Shall I just read it? Shall I yeah. I want to hear it? Yeah. Um, Give us that. Yeah, for Jesus came to raise the dead. <laughs> and then, so he puts it so, and like we just recognize ourselves in here. Mm -hmm. Like uh, uh, the good, the dutiful son and the people who got there at 5 a.m. to do the work, right? Yeah. Jesus came to raise the dead, not come to reward the rewardable, improve the improvable, or correct the correctable. He came simply to be the resurrection and the life to those who will take their stand on a death he can use instead of a life he cannot. <laughs> so that's the whole... You're worth more to be dead? No, for real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, that's... And dead in a very specific way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, what is our, you know, what is our life when that whole, um, what, apparatus calculus of, mm -hmm. of measurement and keeping score, abacus-like yeah. accounting um, goes out the window, right? Like, because if we do that with God, you know, it, it would be one thing if, that, if that's where it ended, fine, but mm -hmm. it never does, right? Yeah. Everybody else is on the abacus, you know. Right. Or the we rack. are envious. The rack. Yeah. The abacus is actually the rack. Yeah. Eventually. It always, the abacus always ends in the rack. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true, but it seems like yeah. <laughs> some kind of casting out or some competitive rivalry that mm -hmm. results in violence, right? Yeah. So what is it like to... see freed from that hmm. kind of lens. How is, with the, the good measure pressed down, hmm. running over, I always think of making ginger snaps with my grandma. Hmm. And this is a recipe she'd made a million times and had like down to the seconds of in the oven, the whole thing. But pressing brown sugar hmm. into exactly the three-quarters cup measure or whatever. Mm. And it's, so much more goes in into that three-quarters cup than actually fits in three-quarters cup. Yeah. Uh, and there's, I always think of that as one idea of, of the way that this measure is actually not functioning in a usual measure at all. It holds way more and uh, wants to overflow. It's this kind of singularity um, that's contains everything. Yeah, and that whole press down thing is like Paul praying for the thorn in the flesh to be removed, right? Mm. Like make me perfect, get rid of this one thing. Mm. My grace is sufficient. No, my grace is sufficient unto you. Right? Am yeah, made right? perfect yeah, yeah. in weakness. Yeah. So um, 
there's still a part of Paul that thinks he's got to have it all together. He's got to win. He's got to mm-hmm. improve. He's got to be corrected. Yeah. Right? Uh, and like this is one of those deeper like learnings for him where it's like, oh, no, no. It's like, I did, didn't come to correct the correctable yeah. and prove the improvable. You know? You're actually perfect in, mm-hmm. in that, that weakness. Like you're, of, yeah. you know, just how I want you. Yeah. Like, because you're a little bit off balance, you're uncertain, mm-hmm. you don't quite know who you are or what's going on, and that is perfect. Yeah, that I can use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like same with Jonah, like always being off, you know, you got comfortable with the tree, take away the tree. So there's like always this like watching for those times when, you know, things go a little bit not according to plan. Like we, we lock into complaint or fear or anxiety, whatever. Um, but it can also be like a time when we're most open to God because our usual ways of relating to the world, mm-hmm. ourselves, others, mm-hmm. God, sort of collapsed yeah. and there's like a new availability or something. Yeah. Uh, the contingent things we've been clinging on to <laughs> sometimes are pride from our grasp and, mm-hmm. and then, then we're available. Yeah. 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 Good? Good, good. Take care, everyone. All right. Till next time. Get your vaccines. (laughs) No kidding.